Jaw Talk. We are a part of Jaw NYC, and a big part of our initiative is bringing together the Bengali diaspora and creating a community as well as an awareness of Bengali culture. We decided to start a podcast and create conversations with topics relevant to the culture, and hope you'll join us. My name is Anona. I'll be moderating the podcast today. I have some friends with me today. Hi, my name is Nasif, and I'm new to Jaw. I just graduated from Baruch College a little over a year ago, and now I'm working as a fiscal analyst. I'm glad to be on this podcast, and I love to share my experience and perspective on these issues regarding Bengali Americans. My name is Renak. I go by Nak. I've worked with Jal for three years now. Um, I've done a lot of Bengali, you know, random stuff. I've done YouTube videos. I've done TikToks. I've done a lot of things because my passion is talking about Bengali culture and kind of introducing it to people and even teaching a lot of Bengali kids that might not have grown up knowing a lot about the culture. So I'm excited to delve into these topics on this podcast. Hi, I'm Roxy. I am not uh, South Asian. I'm, in fact, a Mexican-American, but I'm excited to be a part of this. I'm excited to learn. I'm excited to see how, you know, the uh, immigrant or child of immigrant experience is uh, the same across different cultures. Um, and I am a Brooklyn College grad. So I'm sure the phrase, the country next to India, is familiar to a lot of Bengalis, and we wanted to talk about how we've had to settle for close enough with vaguely brown characters or Indian people for representation, instead of seeing actual Bengali faces when there's plenty of Bengali talent that exists. There is good representation that exists for South Asia, but we also want to point out how it could be improved. Let's start with someone that's been in the zeitgeist for a minute, Hassan Minaj. Now, I know you really like Patriot Act with Hassan Minaj. What are your thoughts on Hassan? So I feel a little conflicted with Hassan because on one hand, I really do like Patriot Act and I do like a lot of the stuff that he talks about it. He, you know, he, he tackles topics that I feel like um, maybe by other South Asian presenters or people in the media, they might not go into it, whether it's cricket or, you know, Indian politics or, you know, even like the reselling of streetwear. But at the same time, the issue I have with Hassan is the issue that I have with most South Asian faces in the media is that it's not really a representation of me or my background or the background of my people, you know. Hassan is Indian American. Um, he grew up in, I think, like the suburbs of Sacramento or something like that. Um, so it's the same issue that I have where I feel like that's the background of a lot of these South Asian presenters. On the other hand, Hassan is Muslim, and he does talk about like the Muslim Indian experience, which I think, you know, is somewhat of an improvement because I feel like that does hit a little bit closer to me. But at the same time, you know, I feel like uh, when people say Desi, right, they, they're supposed to be referencing all South Asians, but it really ends up being like an Indian pa- Pakistani thing and ends up being like a Hindi Urdu thing. So even with Hassan, like when he does his little references and his, whether it's a stand up or whether it's Patriot Act, it's always like, a, you know, Hindi Urdu references, right? And it's supposed to, everyone claps and, uh, and applauds because they understand what it means because, you know, it's for them. But for Bengali, for Bangladeshis, specifically for Bangladeshis who don't necessarily grow up understanding Hindi or Urdu unless you're really into, you know, their media. Well, I don't know what, they, what he's talking about, you know? So I always feel like a little bit of like a disconnect there from really being able to like relate to him a lot. 
But like, you know, I can't I can't complain too much because Hassan is representing somebody, you know, he's representing uh, a lot of Indian Americans, a lot of Muslim Americans. And, you know, he, he's also like broken out of the box. He's talking talked about like um, interfaith marriages because his wife is actually Hindu and he's Muslim, which I think is also something that like is something that should be talked more about with our community. But other than Hassan, I can't really think of a person, you know, in the South Asian community in America, at least that's really talked about that. So um, speaking of like, you know, Hassan being Muslim and like kind of representing it, there's another South Asian, you know, Muslim person in, you know, in the entertainment industry, but he actually doesn't talk about it much. And that's Aziz. And so I know, Nassif, you wanted to talk about a little bit about Aziz and what you thought of him. Yeah, I recently went on an Aziz binge and I rewatched Parks and Rec and Master of None. And what stood out to me was especially in Parks and Rec, Aziz played a role that his race didn't really matter, and he didn't play to any stereotypes or accents or anything like that. And then what I enjoyed about uh, Master of None was the show was really ahead of his time, and I felt like the topics that he talked about on the show were really deep and meaningful to people who had that same experience. So, for example, he has the episode where he tries to connect with his parents and understand the sacrifices they made as immigrants. And there's also that Thanksgiving episode where Denise comes out to her parents or her mom the fact that these episodes were made like five years ago and it was able to cater to a more mainstream audience too is why I feel like made the show so good and made the writing much better than any kind of representation you would have seen at the time. I always thought it was interesting with Aziz that he waited until season two to talk about being Muslim because if you look at the first season of Master of None, there's no references to him being Muslim at all. And so like um, he, um, he, he didn't really talk about it. I think he gave him and his family like Hindu names in the first season. Like, they didn't even have any, like, thing remotely Muslim about them. And then in second season, he kind of went into it a little bit more. So I always wondered, like, what was it that made him hesitant to do it in the first season, you know? But also at the same time, like you said, you know, when Master of None came out, it captured the mainstream's attention for sure. And it was, like, in 2015, you know, so we were, like, you know, it was a little ways back now. And I remember watching that first season being, like, like my mind was blown because I was like, yo, this is, this is, like, I've never seen brown representation in, like, a normal kind of way, you know? Like... Um, like you said, Aziz's roles, he was never, his ethnicity was never the punchline, whether it was in, you know, Parks and Rec or anything like that. Like his, his punchline was always him just being a weird guy. And so I thought it was cool that like, there was a show where like, he was just a normal dude that was just Brown that was like doing all these things. But like, also at the same time, you know, it's it's the same thing where like, he, he plays kind of like this, I don't want to say whitewash, but he's not super like in touch with his culture. He doesn't really have that many like brown friends on the show i doubt he really has that many brown friends in real life so i think it's just a reflection of that but at the same time that's what makes him unrelatable to me like when i see that it seems like he's a little distant from his culture not that there's i'm blaming him for it but i'm just saying that like it makes him a little less relatable to me and then i think there's also like you know someone who i think falls in a similar vein as that is mindy and so like i think um roxy you wanted to talk about mindy too uh, mindy kaling she is sort of a polarizing figure I think um she sort of had a history especially when she was like coming up as sort of not wanting to not wanting to put her ethnicity like front and center which I understand like nobody wants to be reduced to their racial identity or cultural identity um but she got a lot of flack for it for just like uh being kind of I guess what some people would call a coconut. She's brown on the outside, white on the inside. Um, 
but I mean, she's done so much. She's like such a powerhouse in the entertainment industry at this point. She's created three shows since writing on The Office. And um, so I watched some of the Mindy Project and I bring up the coconut thing because the Mindy Project got a ton of criticism for not being racially diverse and for having Mindy, the star of the show, only date white guys. So in this episode, she goes on a date with an Indian guy. He uh, doesn't like the fact that she's never dated an Indian guy before, calls her a coconut, and then she's sort of like trying to figure out how to reconcile with this this like problem she's she's being criticized for. And I think that she's very true to herself in what she puts into the world. Um, I think it can be frustrating, and I don't know that people who are close to their uh, culture can really identify with that. Um, I, I kind of can, honestly. Like, I grew up in a white place. She grew up in Massachusetts. Like, she's not from... Like, she didn't have the the luxury, honestly, of growing up in a city like New York where she's surrounded by people that look like her and people that can, like, teach her um, about her culture, which her parents, I think, didn't do so much. I think it's interesting that, like, Mindy is actually half Bengali, like, half Indian Bengali, so she ends up actually being ethnically the closest to, like, you know, the representation that I would want, but at the same time, she's also, like, the furthest thing from, like, the representation that I would want, because, mm-hmm. like, she's from, like, I think, like, Cambridge, right? Her mom is a doctor. It's funny story. Her mom delivered one of my close friends because she's like a i don't know what the name is the doctor that delivered babies but she actually (laughs) delivered delivered OBGYN. she delivered uh one of my friends so like i think and also Mm -hmm. you know she went to an ivy league you know and i think that's also like you see it with um like um with aziz he went to like you know uh for high school he went to like a specialized private like math and science high school and then went on to nyu business school you know so i feel like there's like these like elite um south asians who kind of were born into a white world and they learned to navigate that white world, which I think plays a big role in their success. But the fact that they, you know, were born and learned to navigate, like even in um, Hassan's homecoming standup, he talks about like going to a white high school and like trying to go to prom with a white girl. And like, those were his big issues, you know? And then it made me realize that like all these people are successful because they learned to navigate these white spaces and like people like, I, I think specifically, like, you know, myself and, like, my friends that grew up in inner city New York and, you know, these very culturally diverse areas with, you know, not many white people, we were able to, the, the pro is that we were able to feel comfortable in our own culture and we were able to, like, you know, be in touch with it. And, um, but on the downside is we'd never really learned to navigate white spaces. So I think that might be, like, a, a hindrance to us, which is maybe why you don't see our specific background of, like, you know, immigrant low-income families in inner cities, you might not see that representation just yet because we weren't afforded those luxuries. And then we also didn't learn in the same way to like, you know, yeah, totally. I, I, I think that you're right. There's um, all of these people who make it, and we know that this is true of people in entertainment generally, but like, I think especially with um, like people of color, they usually come from upper middle class, like or rich, like straight up rich families. Um, so like the three people that we're talking about now all have like, you know, they have these very uh, financially successful parents who who help them like get to these like fancy 
institutions where they then got internships at like Conan and stuff. I, I think it's it's much definitely much easier to like pursue the entertainment industry when you have like a safety net, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. When like if all else fails, you have like a family that can support you or you're not like dependent or your family's not dependent on you for income, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think that like if 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 like, you know, say for Mindy or or Aziz, because the entertainment industry is very hard to make it in. You know, it's mm-hmm. a lot of failures, a lot of time. And so, like, I think if, if you had, you know, you're in that uh, financial situation where people depended on you and their lives and their income depended on your income, I think it's much harder to, like, risk it all and go into entertainment and, you know, and, like, try to succeed with no safety net and other people's, like, you know, lives depending on you, which is why I feel like, you know, we're not seeing those kinds of stories really being told because those people really haven't gotten a chance to, like, enter that those fields, you know just yet at least it's funny because i feel like when people think of main dnc's they will refer to them as an abcd like an american born confused desi but in reality if you really do consider like where they grew up in the suburbs where there wasn't much diversity and they were mostly surrounded by white people you can kind of see how that plays into the roles that they take or the shows that they write and i feel i never really held it against them because that's just them being themselves if you look at tom i referred on parks and rec at least I think him and Rashida Jones are the only minorities on the show. But at the same time, that's not unusual because they're in the middle of Indiana and you wouldn't really expect much diversity in that time. I, I definitely got to give Aziz and Mindy credit for like being the kind of first brown faces in those in those like, you know, those kinds of TV shows and not doing the accent. You know, they just kind of played themselves. And like even if themselves isn't necessarily what I can relate to, it's still true to them. And like their ethnicity is never the punchline, whether it's in Parks and Rec or Mindy in the Office. You know, Mindy in the Office's punchline was that she was this like superficial ditzy girl that definitely you know like was not capable of her job. And then in um, Parks and Rec, it was Aziz that you know he was just like uh, like living beyond his means constantly. But it was never. And if they brought up race, always in the sense that other people were uncomfortable by it. Like other people in Parks and Rec, they would always ask him where he was from, and he would always just be like South Carolina. And then like in um, you know, the office, they go to the Diwali party, and then they all make themselves look like idiots because like they don't know how to act, even though like everyone else was super fine with it. So I always like give them credit for that, where like the ethnicity was never the punchline of, of anything they were a part of. But like also at the same time, it's you know, it, it's we were talking about um the other day we were talking about um, what what is that? What's the show that Mindy wrote for? I forget the name of it. The new ones on Netflix right now. Oh, uh, never have I ever. Never had I ever. And I saw on Twitter like a lot of people were kind of giving a backlash for being like another suburban Indian story or whatever. And then like I understand that because you know after we've seen characters like you know um, Mindy and characters like like Mindy on The Office and then characters like Aziz on Parks and Rec, I think people want something different and they kind of got more of the same of like a suburban Indian girl trying to navigate, you know, her life in high school and like a, you know, predominantly white high school. She has issues with self-image. She has, you know, like a white love interest. And like, while that's not necessarily bad, I think that, you know, people are just kind of tired of it, which is what the backlash came from. But people also have to understand that's Mindy's background. So she's only writing about what she knows. She's not gonna, she can't write about, you know, something like she can't start writing about our stories when she doesn't really know them or have hasn't experienced them. Yeah, I think if I think if Mindy Kaling were to write a show about a girl who was like growing up in Queens and did have a strong uh, like cultural connection to her people, I think people would criticize that because that is not true to Mindy Kaling at all. Um, so, but I think that one thing that she can do and something that it seems like she is doing is hiring 
diverse writers. So maybe, hopefully, she will hire someone who can tell that story uh, genuinely. You know what's funny to me? I think, like, the closest I felt to representation is in, like, the new Marvel Spider-Man. Because, like, Tom Holland plays this kid from Queens who lives with his aunt. And he, like, goes to the bodega and stuff like that. I was like, yo, I know this life, you know? But it's just so funny that we can't, I just can't get a brown person to, like, ever tell those stories, you know? Instead of I'm getting, like, you know, Marvel, like, the biggest company in the world appealing to the most people. Like, oh, they have the, the biggest audience, you know? And they're they're kind of telling a story that is slightly more relatable to me than, you know, Mindy doing the Mindy show. You know what it is, too? I think it's, like, with Rami or with um, Aziz or Mindy. It's, like, they're kind of the first to do it, you know? So it's, like, when their representation, you might think that maybe it makes you look bad. Or, like, you know, with... um. With Rami, I know people were kind of, like, mad about his portrayal of Muslims. Like, he was doing things that kind of made, like, like maybe that weren't Islamic. And people were saying that it made Muslims look bad, you know? And when he's, like, the first person or, like, one of the first people and he's doing something like that, I think people are more sensitive to it because there's not enough room for, like, discussion or there's not enough room for nuance. Like, he's the only face. And so people know that, like, the main, mainstream America is looking at him as, like, the example for everybody. And so when he does something that, like, might be out of pocket, people are more sensitive with it, you know? I might be like misremembering this, but I do feel like Aziz was sort of groundbreaking when he first maybe groundbreaking. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, no, groundbreaking is the perfect word. hundred percent. When Master of None came out, that but show was groundbreaking. Even, like even before that, when he was doing his stand up and just like uh, Tom on Parks and Rec, it was like, oh, look at this person whose like whole identity isn't centered on you know his race. I think that that was like. It felt like a big deal. So Aziz used to be part... Okay, so this is a funny story. I don't know if we'll be able to fit on the podcast. So when YouTube first became a website, I was in... I don't know, I was maybe like 10 or 9, right? It like first became a website and I heard about it and I wanted to go on it, right? And so my dad was like, um, what is this website? I've never heard of it. You know what I mean? He thought I was going to be going, going on some sketchy website. And so he typed in YouTube.com in front of me, right? And he clicked on the first video. And this is 2000... How old was I when I was 10? Like 2000... I don't know, like eight seven something like that right i don't know how old i am now it's like it's confusing i'm bad at math but he 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 we logged in he clicked on the first video and it was aziz and sorry sketch from back when he was part of a sketch comedy group called um human giant they used to have a show on mtv and so it's him and like these two white guys and it was called uh clell tickle indie marketing guru and like india's an indie music but I thought it meant Indian, right? And I saw a brown face because it was his face in the thumbnail. So I clicked on it and he like does a sketch of being like this like mafia type like marketing guru. You know what I mean? And I thought it was so, it was so funny. Me and my dad were cracking up. Like it was so funny and it had nothing to do with him being brown. Like that was no punchline. That was like nothing. Like he always, I think, shied away from that even back then where like ethnicity was ever part of the gag. You know what I mean? And so like even back then he was groundbreaking because he was just a brown guy being like a regular dude and his personality was what's funny, not like, you know, him being brown, even with the standup even with um tom and parks and rack like i think he always like kind of stayed true to that where he would never let his ethnicity ever be part of the joke mm -hmm. you know or at least the main part of the joke yeah. and he was definitely groundbreaking in that sense yeah. and you know i think master of none too like it 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 tells diverse stories um it has like a, a pretty diverse cast i suppose um but it's also just a good show it's not like trying to be like yeah not not okay okay we want to talk about bad shows real quick we were talking about this earlier too big bang theory worst show of all time the indian dude on there has set us back as a people by like at least 50 years i i hate that guy i hate that guy with my all my heart <laughs> yeah that's a perfect example of how representation definitely should not be done 
I never understood how the writers wrote that character and just thought it was okay. The fact that he even took that role is kind of insane because it just makes brown people look so bad. You know what sucks with that show is they're all nerds, right? But somehow he's still the worst one, right? They all suck at talking to women. He's still the worst one. And I watched that show, you know, just to like, you know, see see what was good with them. And he has a sister that comes, right? And she's like this, like, um, like she's supposed to be like this nice Indian girl, you know what I mean? Like conservative, whatever. But then like it's the same shit where she becomes like this like sexually deviant, like whatever, you know what I mean? Like she wants one of the white guys and she like her parents and her get into a fight about it because like she's secretly seeing the white guy and this and that. And they made like a lot of jokes about Hinduism on that show too. Like I think borderline offensive jokes. Like they were talking about drinking like cow urine and stuff like that. And like, you know, I know I know people that do practice Hinduism in India, I know they do do that. But like the way they were portraying those like kind of things about it was like super offensive. And I just feel like that show did nothing for representation. That show did nothing for South Asians, brown people, Indians, Hindus, anybody. I feel like everybody, collectively as a people, we were hurt by that. And what sucks is that dude Kunal, he's married to like Miss India in real life. You know, like he has like a super hot wife. And like on the show, he's shown as like this inept, you know what I mean? Like sexually inept guy with no social skills, without anything, you know? And I just honestly, bro, I just hate him so much. (laughs) I'm filled with rage talking about this right now. To go back to Master of Nando, um, this is one episode, Indians on TV, where Aziz pretty much talks about how brownface was an issue in Hollywood for a long time. And then on top of that, Indians now in Hollywood can pretty much only take roles where they have to play up their accent or their race is the only thing that makes them qualify for the role. So they're kind of like pigeonholed into specific roles. And it's funny because in an interview, he's asked about how he decided to cast his parents as his parents on the show. And he mentions how when people auditioned for the show, the role originally, they would play up these accents. And then after the audition, they would speak normal English and he would always get offended by their accents. I think I think accents are tough because like if you watch um, Kim's Convenience, the parents on that show are american like they're korean american i believe and they and they don't have an accent in real life but they do the accent on the show but it's never hurtful and it's never the joke and it's never you know what i mean yeah it's definitely. just supposed to kind of relate like you know what it's like growing up korean american and like the dynamic between the son and daughter and their parents and stuff like that but it is it is kind of like disconcerting to like hear them in interviews when they don't have an accent i think um the dad on uh kim's convenience was on um the mandalorian the new season and he was on there and he was just talking and i'm like appa like what what are you doing like where's the accent you know just it just throws me off every single time but and then we go back to you know with like apu and like that accent issue and like when when um hurry kondobolu did the whole uh apu documentary type thing where it's like that one was hurtful because it was kind of the only brown people on tv and it was the accent and so th- that was the accent that we heard but you know at the same time he was like i don't i don't think he was never like um like, I, I think the point of his character on The Simpsons was he was supposed to be, like, an honest, like, good person. And, like, uh, that's, that's like, the argument that they made that, that like, um, you know, it was never supposed to be hurtful. But then at the same time, like, uh, after that documentary came out, they, um, I think they announced that whoever was doing the voice wouldn't do it anymore. And they were going to get a brown guy to do the voice. But I'm like, at the end of the day, it's still the voice, you know? It's still the accent, like, has really much changed because of it. Is Does the accent become different because it's a brown guy behind, you know, the, the mic instead of a white guy? I don't, I don't really know how much of a difference that really made, to me at least. Watching the documentary, what stood out to me was obviously a pool's voiced by a white guy. But also that if you look at the jokes on this show, it's almost like the, the accent is what's being laughed at. So when he's being replaced by a brown guy, I don't know if that really makes him much better. At the end of the day, a pool's the butt of the joke. On the other hand, accents are definitely a thin line. But I feel like when you watch Simpsons, it's definitely 
had a bad influence on a lot of South Asian kids growing up, where if their parents had similar accents, or they were told multiple times a day, thank you, come again. Right, I forgot that that was like, his, he had like a catchphrase on that show. Yeah, I can't count the number of times I heard that growing up. Um, yeah, but I think Roxy, they were talking about how like the accent itself might not be like inherently like good or bad, you know? It's just kind of, yeah. Yeah, it's a part of life. If I were to write a show about my like family, I would I would have to have the actor playing my mother have an accent because that's like, you know, that's part of her story and so much of me kind of, I, I don't know if you guys feel this too, if your parents have accents, but I do feel like protective and defensive of my mom if people are like, what? Like, you can understand her perfectly fine. Like, I get, you know, that's just, like, part of who she is. And My mom's a beast. When people, like, ever do that, like, she defends herself, like, all the way. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I never have to worry about that. Like, she's the first one to get offended by it. She's like, I know you can understand me, you know, like, even with the accent. So, like, I, I, but I definitely understand, like, how it would feel if, like, you know, my mom wasn't like that. I'd definitely be much more, like, feel much more protective of her because of it. But, yeah, there's nothing inherently bad about an accent. Or I think even, like, like, the Kim... Kim's convenience dad like putting it on if that's just who the character is I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing he plays a great Korean dad so it's like you know at the end of the day the accent doesn't really bother anybody I think um we were talking about so I even like they're like I think it's funny because there's different so um so going back to like the representation thing like on how I met your mother they have a cab driver and the cab driver says he's from Bangladesh right but the real life actor is Persian or Iranian or Afghan, I can't remember, um, either Afghan or Iranian. And so he, um, there's one part that's super offensive because in one of the episodes, they, the one of the guys like that sleeps with everybody asks him like where he's from and he said Bangladesh. And he's like, oh, like are there like attractive women from Bangladesh? And he like takes uh, a photo of his wife from the cab and shows it to him. They're like, ew. Oh and I'm like, oh, what the fuck? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And then, and then, and then like later in the episode, he starts like yelling and he's supposed to be from Bangladesh, but he's yelling in Farsi. You know what I mean? And I'm like, yo, what? Like, why, why just, why not just say he's from Iran or Afghanistan or whatever, right? He's speaking Dari or Farsi, whatever it is. Like, why, like, why use the wrong country? And why as an actor, would you agree to that? You know what I mean? Like you're speaking your own, he's speaking his own native language when he's yelling, you know? So why not just change that one line really quickly, you know? And, and it would become more culturally accurate. It's like they went out of their way to offend all both groups of people you know i'm like it just makes no sense to me when they make decisions like that yeah that's awful (laughs) but but, you know i think i think something important to i guess ask ourselves is like why do like why do we care about representation i guess like what does it do for us and why does it matter because for a long time I, i think this is changing but for a long time it was like well here's a brown person like aren't you happy now they're on the show um that's definitely like not I, I don't think that that's what we mean when we have these discussions i think it just feels good though you know like uh roxy you're mexican like you know when that selena movie came out with jennifer lopez like wasn't every mexican person just like yes you know okay. what i mean that <laughs> is from texas but yes, yeah i was yeah. very excited <laughs> yes yes that's what i mean but and it's like um so so um 
just so you guys know, the audience, I'm popping on TikTok right now. And so I made this TikTok where, like, um, I talked about the first Bengali immigrants to America. Um, they came and they married um, black and Hispanic women because there were no other South Asians or Bengalis specifically around. And some girl in the comments was like, oh, like, I'm, like, mixed South Asian and Hispanic. And, like, seeing these black and white photos of people that look like me, like, makes me feel, like, so seen or, like, heard or whatever. Because she never saw that before. And, like, it made me realize, like, I think the word representation and even, like, this topic has kind of been, like, beaten to death because there's so many you know think pieces and takes on it but like when you really look at the like the core of it when like you've never seen yourself seen anywhere else and you finally do like that feeling or like what that can do for your self-confidence is like something very like deep and emotional you know it's like bringing people bringing people in like embracing what feels like otherness it's just like having a positive like a positive self-image you know like looking in a mirror or something like that and seeing what you want to see instead of you know like, if you look in a mirror and, like, you only see, like, bad, then, like, that's going to make you feel bad. So it's like if you look at a television and you only see, like, these terrible takes of you, you're just like, you know, that's definitely not good for your mental health. I wish we had Selena. You know, I wish we had our Selena. <laughs> but... There will be. There will be. <laughs> Aziz, uh, where they're at now, I think Mindy kind of doesn't really have a big South Asian following that much anymore, especially with, um, she was with, um, Kamala and they were doing like doses in the white house, like corny stuff. And we're all like, you guys are reaching, like everyone knew that it was not like real. You know what I mean? We're all like, this feels so forced and like pandering. And like, I think brown people can usually tell when they're being pandered to. And so that, that was not a good thing. And then Aziz had the whole like, um, sexual assault allegations or whatever which ended up being like a huge mess and like you know he gave like an like kind of like a shitty apology that like no one really felt was like you know uh authentic and that also you know made him i think lose a lot of his like um kind of like like he was kind of like in the favor of hollywood you know what i mean he's kind of like doing well and i feel like that really took him out of it and also like it hurt his following to a lot of me included we can't i can't really like look at his ease anymore and feel feel what i used to feel you know like after everything yeah. that's happened i mean that was it a very tricky situation i think i because i hmm. i think that what made it especially difficult to deal with was because it came like those that allegation came out when there were really bad things coming out about other people and that was definitely more like a gray area yeah i think the me too movement had just kind of started and then he he like that happened and i was just like i was so hurt i'm like it was ease how could you let us down like this you know like i was like you know like i it's like i felt like i, I was expecting so much from you and he just like did it and in the end hassan's kind of the only one that's still around and like doing well you know i feel like we had russell peters he kind of disappeared or he kind of like became a little washed up i feel like and um, Hassan's the only one that's left. He's still kind of in the good graces. But Patriot Act got canceled, and no one really knows why, because it was doing well. So I feel like we're back to, like, very limited uh, representation. We were talking about the U.S. versus U.K. dynamic, where, like, the U.K. is much further along with their um, brown representation just because they've been an established community, like, much longer. So when you see, watch BBC Asia or there's shows like Man Like Moby on Netflix, I feel like they're much more, like... Uh, wholesome wholesome as in like all all encompassing of like different aspects of representation of, of brown people rather than in the u.s where we get these really like sl like slivers of it you know what i mean one thing that i wanted to say was that um aziz mindy and hassan um would not have been able to have the same careers in india because they're pretty dark i feel like in terms of colorism and south asian representation in america we're killing it we got like the darkest three people as like the front runners you know for like 
brown people, which I think is dope because like it kind of shows that like maybe like our generation kind of got over the colorism thing like pretty quickly, you know, like even if the generation before us was still stuck on it, like we didn't really hold that as like um like our, you know, like a like an obstacle for us. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a great thing. And it definitely shows the cultural difference between Hollywood and Bollywood where colorism for someone like Mindy Kaling or Aziz Ansari wouldn't be as big an issue here. Let's talk about Princess Jasmine real quick, because growing up, that's the closest I had to representation in terms of Disney princesses. She did not look anything like me. Um, And she was just an amalgamation of brown culture. Like, I thought it was in India growing up, but then I grew up and then, like, People are saying she's Middle Eastern. And then when they want to make the live action, they picked the lightest person they could find. And like, I'm not saying she's not Indian. I didn't even watch the live like, action. I knew that I knew that was going to be terrible. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just not going to watch she's this. She's like 50 shades lighter than the animated character. And it's like, they watered it down even further than it like already was. Which is not it. Do you want to know something really funny about Aladdin as a story? So Aladdin, like the Disney, comes from the story in A Thousand and One Nights, right? In that story, Aladdin takes place in China. Oh, would have never guessed that. Like, it's supposed to take place in China. Like, he's supposed to be Chinese. Everyone's supposed to be Chinese. That's... So, technically, you know, we're all just Disney super wrong. Right now. Like, okay, we're already going to do Mulan in the future, so we don't have to do a Chinese one now. Isn't there, like, is there a brown Power Ranger yet? That's what I really want to know. I feel like there's been so many Power Rangers. Like, I, I really want to see a brown one. I think me me and Mufuzel like Google this one time like last year and there were no still no I think they got like a Filipino one or any something but like no no Here's like South helping. Asians. Um so Hassan Hassan, Mindy and Disease are all really important to acknowledge and they help create opportunities for other brown people to enter the scene as well. Um like the cast for Never Have I Ever. Um seeing them do their thing is definitely inspiring for any South Asian kid and hopefully we see Bengalis in the mix too. There's been a surge of Bengali creatives that have created a platform on social media over the course of 2020, which has been really nice. Hopefully they continue to grow and we can see Bengali faces in the zeitgeist too. Do you guys have any closing thoughts? Follow me on TikTok, guys. Nah, I'm just kidding. Uh, I think like um, it's everything's going to come with time. You know, Bengalis are slowly establishing themselves, you know, in America. And so eventually we're going to get those kids that grow up without having to like, you know, um, just like the Mindy's and the Aziz's, they won't have to worry about not having a safety net when they pursue entertainment. And then that's going to be kind of when I feel like we'll start seeing more of our faces in, in those kinds of things. But until then, I think that, you know, we've, Bengali people specifically, we've settled a lot for representation. You know, we're always just being happy with close enough. And I think lately we've been getting tired of it. I've been seeing kind of a collective consciousness be like, no, close enough isn't enough. And I think that's going to continue happening, which I'm happy with, too, you know, that we should stop settling and just, you know, stand up or, or, or only accept what really feels right for us. I think the end goal for representation, or at least one of the goals, is to show that us South Asian people are, can't just be represented by one stereotypical personality. What makes actors and writers like Aziz Ansari and Mindy Killing so great is that they can represent South Asian people that might not be from the city but lived in the suburbs and hopefully in the future there will be more personalities being represented by other south asian actors okay i i would just like to say that i know going into this we all had some problems with mindy she is not a perfect person but after watching a lot of her shows 
reading most of her book and like watching interviews, she does just seem like generally a nice person, super like hardworking. And I think she's trying. I think that's all we can ask for. <laughs> okay. This has been Jaw Talk with Jaw NYC, and we hope you'll join us again for our next episode.